up everybody welcome back to another episode of studio insights with us bell vista studios i think we're pretty special humans um and i think you guys do actually as well which points me to thank you so much for the love and messages that you send around the value that these videos are bringing we appreciate it um it's nice to hear that it's adding value to you guys as well as our lives so this is an opportunity for us to ask questions and help improve ourselves and learn from each other. So Vic, I'll throw to you. Do you have a question for us today? Yes. So I have a question for Hannah, but Kim, you might have some advice to add as well. Mm. Um, so Hannah, you've started taking on the role of project manager in more projects recently. Um, and I don't know if you feel it, but I've noticed that like, I feel like your confidence has grown a lot in a short period of time dealing with clients um, for the projects that you do manage so I just wanted to find out what advice you have or like what have you done specifically to get you from maybe being like a little bit afraid to deal with clients to like confidently being able to pick up the phone and call them or send them an email or just do whatever you need to do Question. with them <laughs> good pick up too I definitely do feel like I've gotten more confident which is cool mm. that's a good question because I haven't completely thought about why um, I think one of the things is, so Kim taught me this, like just focusing on the facts. So it's not around like whether you're saying the right thing, like being nice to the client or like doing a favor or like worrying about all of those like interpersonal sort of things. You can still be like a lovely human being and be yourself and use the facts that you have to like guide the conversation. Whereas in the past, sort of like went into the conversation and thought like, I don't know what's going to come up and like, what if I say the wrong thing? Whereas now I'm like, I write down the facts before I speak to them. And if there's something I don't know, I know that I can just say like, look, I'll look into that for you and get back to you. Yeah. So I think now that I sort of have that framework, it's helped me be a bit more confident. Mm. What else? I think just the more you do it as well, like there's definitely phone calls and situations that I didn't feel comfortable doing. Yeah. Like I didn't want to and I didn't feel comfortable, but I knew like I wanted to get to a space, like my future desired space is to be comfortable with it. And for me, that means like doing it over and over again and getting through that discomfort and being okay with that discomfort. So mm -hmm. I think it's been like that as well, just putting myself out there and like being okay with feeling nervous and not being sure um, because it always does get easier. Like if you think about things that you used to be nervous about, you might feel completely fine with it now. And that's just from doing it a few times and like understanding what situations you may experience and how you could respond. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it would be that. Um, I think our templates are really good. Like for people who haven't done it before, like we have templates that have there for us to see and we're like really clear on what we've said in the, oh, Kim's left. <laughs> Girl. Um, like the emails that were sent, we're like very clear and purposeful mm -hmm. what we need them to do and what like the expectations are and the scope of the project. And I think if we didn't have those clear guidelines and emails sent then I'd be a lot more nervous because I'd be thinking mm -hmm. like should I let them do that or like is it okay for that to happen or should we do the extra work where 
because we do have like such clear guidelines like it's all there for me to read from and yeah yeah that makes sense so I think that's probably it but it definitely is just practice like I've found so many things like you can do it no matter what people say to you and tell you like just use the facts and you'll be fine like you just got to do it like you just have to push through that discomfort I think and you'll feel better about it as time goes on yeah very nice it does make sense I feel like it is easy if you have like structure to things like you're not when you make a phone call or when you send an email like you have a goal for it you know exactly what you want to get out of it and that kind of removes any well not all of it but <laughs> removes some of like the nervousness around how it's going to go or what you should be saying because you know exactly what you want to get from it all yeah definitely and I think if you believe in it like for example if I had an issue with the way that we did something and it didn't like align with me as a person it wouldn't be right mm. so if it doesn't feel right for you like sorting that out before you have that conversation I think because yeah. if you know you're in the right and you know it's going to benefit the client and you like you should be comfortable with having that discussion. yeah yeah and so yeah I feel like it is definitely harder to be confident if you're not confident in what you're saying, like what you're asking or what you're saying or what you have to tell someone. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Well, how, like, because I know you had a meeting with a client, like an hour meeting with a client a couple of weeks ago. How did, like, how did you feel in that situation? And did you learn anything um, from around confidence? Well, I was really nervous for that, but <laughs> I guess it was the same kind of thing. Like I had a list of things that we needed to talk about and I'd made notes next to each thing of what I wanted to find out from them and yeah. also like what I needed to communicate to them for like my point of view. Mm. Um, so I had like a goal for each thing for what response I needed or what I needed to know to, for me to like take action after the call. Um, and yeah, I think that really helped because we kind of just got on the call, like got straight into it, worked through each thing one at a time and then it was over <laughs> and they were super nice and friendly and I didn't really need to be scared <laughs> but yeah I'm the same I think it is like I the reason I'm not confident is I'm like what's going to come up or like what if I do say the wrong thing or even yeah. on like these um like on student insight sometimes if like being put on the spot with things I don't communicate as well as I would like to <laughs> so I'm always like worried about that but I guess if you actually know what your goal is, then even if it doesn't fully come out 100% how you would normally like to say something, you're still going to get what you need and they're going to get what they need. <laughs> well, from my perspective, you're very good at explaining yourself and answering questions. So that could be a limit. <laughs> but yeah, I think maybe like it's okay if you're like, wait a minute, like that's not right. Let me stop and like think about that. Like mm -hmm. just give and to not be like perfect in that first response every single time yeah like sort of how you think Kim like just be human if you don't know what you need to think about it just be like oh actually I'm not sure I need to think about that mm. good advice <laughs> welcome back Kim <laughs> <laughs> thanks yeah that I like I have to like recognize you both for that sort of stuff because I think what is playing out is everything that we talk about in these chats you're getting the opportunity to execute and experiment with them now in the real world and that's where mm -hmm. the things that we're talking about you're doing it and you are doing really well 
And it is because you take the time to plan and you think about things like, what are the facts, not the emotions? And what is my goal? What is the intent of this phone call? What's the intent of this meeting? What's the intent of um, the email? And what do I need at the end of that? And I think the opportunity that you're having to practice is helping you become more and more comfortable in that space and get those wins under your belt and just do what's always been there anyway. Um, but just you've been a little bit scared to do it. So you're doing really well. And I'm very proud of how you're handling those situations because some of them haven't been just cruisy. Um, they've been challenging, especially with, you know, project management and stakeholders. There's other people involved and there's lots of consequences when things don't go right. But mm -hmm. by doing the things that you both have shared, you're just managing it to, the, to exceed lots of teams, lots of people that are experts or have qualifications in those particular roles, um, which is really, really cool. Mm. So keep, keep going with it. It's working what you're doing. Yeah, our process is just so good. Like it's so clear. I, like with the project management I've been doing, I was saying to Victoria when you dropped off before, like our emails are so clear and we've learned over time like what we need to cover and we know like what's right. Like we know in our hearts that what we're doing has a good has a good intent for us and the client. So it makes it a lot easier. I think it'd be harder for people if they didn't have like clear processes and like changed their decisions depending on the client. Like I just love that we it's just so clear. So yeah. I guess like if you do struggle with that, I think processes and having the facts and knowing what's right for you, having that very clear makes such a big difference. Yeah. And I, th I think that's one thing we do quite well is when, you know, people always say lessons learned at the end of a project, but whenever we have a lesson to learn, we're like, okay, right, we'll do what we need to do now. But what do we also, part of that is what do we need to put in place for next time so that it doesn't happen to us again? So, you know, this didn't work as well as we wanted it to. So how do we improve that? okay, we'll put that in the email template so that we remind ourselves or put that in the process. So we're creating that space because we can't expect to hold on to all those things for the next time that it comes up. So if it's just there, you have your checklist and you can just pick a mix or eliminate the things that aren't relevant. But lessons learned, that continuous improvement just make your life easier. Yeah. That was very good. Lots of practical advice. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that you brought up, Hannah, was around like Vic's ability to, um, I, it was linked to the question I wanted to ask you, Vic, which is you have a great ability to see through the noise and simplify and just see like either the facts or the problem. And I was wondering, what is your process? How do you do that? Yeah, you are so good at that. <laughs> All this fluff and you'll be like one sentence. This is what. <laughs> like, yeah. um, I don't know. I feel like it's just, maybe I've just got a simple, <laughs> simple mind. <laughs> I can't, I'm trying to think of like what actually goes through my mind because I feel like it does sort of come naturally. <laughs> I'm just mm. a blunt person. Um, I feel like you've always had it, Vic even when we were younger, like you always just knew exactly what, like the core mm. was. 
Yeah. Um, what can I do? Well, I guess it like kind of comes back to what we we're talking about before, like having an intent for things, but looking for that intent in what other people give to you and like what you're giving back to them. Mm. Like if someone, say a client sends an email and they want, I don't know, to extend a deadline or something like that. Like they might have a list of reasons why and they might tell you what they can and can't, like it's they can and can't get done, but it's just like the intent of that is saying like, we can't meet this. And then so for us to go back to them, it's like, I don't know how to explain it actually. No, I know what you're <laughs> it's like, um, I don't really know. <laughs> I need more time to think about it. Like you can look through all the fluff in the email and just see like exactly what they're asking for and just respond to that part rather than getting caught up. Mm. In all Is that what you mean? Yeah. Cause I guess it is like, that doesn't really matter. What matters is like what happens next mm. or like what we need to happen next. Mm. That's interesting. Cause I'm just thinking about storyboards. Mm. So like what we do there is identify the need to know, nice to know. So you're looking yeah. at these uh, elements of communication, whether it's through a conversation, an email or whatever, and you're going, what's need to know here, what's nice to know. Mm. And when we go back to like instruct, you do apply instructional design um, yeah. to it, but it's like, yeah, need to know, nice to know. And what's the change in behavior when we think about storyboards and you're, in this instance where you're saying next steps that's like moving the project along or giving someone what they need or um making a decision so that's really cool mm. what about yeah. so you described it as blunt or sorry yourself as blunt mm. <laughs> I think that can be a really um useful mindset to unpack what what are the benefits in your life to being blunt? Um, well, I think it is like that nice to know versus need to know stuff. Like you don't need to, if there's something you want to get across to someone else, you don't always need, like sometimes context helps, but in that case, I think context would be like need to know, but you don't always have to communicate with like, 20 sentences when you just want to say one thing like just say the one thing <laughs> mm. and if they need more information like they'll ask for it but I think generally if I'm like choosing to be blunt it's because like whatever point I'm trying to make can be communicated in that short blunt whatever it is <laughs> um but yeah I think I guess there is like a time and place for it as well well, I was just going to say, say if there is a, an emotional situation, whether the emotion is valid or not valid, because that's everyone's experience, but just say it is like a high, tense, stressful time and you're able to go, I get that, but I'm going to be blunt right now. Like, does anything go through your mind around how you might offend the other person because they might be looking for support or like they're in a venting situation, for example? Um, well, I don't know, because I guess to me, like just because you're being blunt doesn't necessarily mean like there's no emotional or like niceness about it. Like I think you can still keep things short, but 
acknowledge what the other person might be feeling, but it's just I'm not going to write a paragraph or speak for them to 10 minutes about it first. It'll just be like a short, <laughs> I don't know, what, like I'm trying to think of what a phrase would be, but I can't think of a specific situation. I think there are ways of like shortening it down. I don't know. I don't think I'm explaining any of this. No, well. I think it's really <laughs> cool. Like I love it because what I it's kind of permission to understand or to operate from a place of love but you don't need to have all the fluff and mm -hmm. you can say what you need to say from a place of love that doesn't offend because it is coming from that place of love that's how I kind of summarize what you're getting at at the moment yeah well yeah I think just being blunt doesn't always mean like you're direct and like a bitch about it or anything like that but yeah. yeah, you can still definitely incorporate like a niceness in it, but it's just not banging on pages and ages about mm. stuff that doesn't really help. Yeah. And I think that's like also an interesting discussion around um, the, what is, is the word stigma around words like blunt, because we mm. do have a negative reaction or response to someone being blunt, but at the true core of your behavior when you are blunt is um, you're realistic, you're factual and you're solution focused. Aren't mm -hmm. they really positive things? Yeah. That I help the so. world be a better place. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's just an important thing to understand that, yeah, the, the meaning that has been associated to words mm -hmm to catch ourselves on that mm, and what is yeah. the essence of the intent behind this person's behavior mm. yeah well I'm just thinking like when we have looked at emails together that we're going to send to clients and we'll all say like that sounds a bit harsh or like we should reword that yeah. I don't think well you guys can tell me if it's <laughs> you've felt differently but I don't think when like I've cut things out specifically or said like maybe we should say it like this that it's just been like get rid of anything nice and just tell it no. like it is like you can have it both ways I think I agree agree yeah and that's why like what we do you know, it is human-centered design is can you please read my email and tell me how you feel when yeah. you if you were to receive this or to yeah. walk away from something and come back and think about how someone may receive that message mm -hmm. to validate, are we still coming from a place of compassion and also solution focused? Yeah. That bluntness has a nice balance to mm -hmm. where we need to be. Thank you. That's cool. Uh, Hannah, question. Yes. So it could be for like either of you, just like what your opinion would be. Mm. I think I have an opinion, but I just don't know how it's going to play out. So um, if you're working on a client project and something isn't in scope, so say, for example, proofreading the content isn't in scope for what we're doing with the project. Yeah. But as the person working on the project, you're noticing like it's about to be handed over to be released to the world. And there's like a lot of errors, like you're noticing errors. 
do you think it's our role to let them know that there are errors or because we haven't been like hired to do that and it's not in scope, do we just leave it? I'd just love to know what both of you think about that. And what, because there's obviously going to be like, there could be consequences or. You go Vic. Um, well, I think, like, I don't think we should be actioning anything because it's not within scope. I think we could potentially communicate to them at the end. I'm, I'm just trying to think how you would actually say it to them though, because some people might not be aware of, or might not have the same like level of <laughs> writing skills perhaps. So like, I wouldn't want to offend them. Standards, like, because we are very, like very strict on our writing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's um, yeah. Because like, I guess it could be communicated in a way like we could, if you want like it proofread, that would be an additional thing mm. afterwards. Mm. I don't know. But at the same time, like they, if they've given us the content like that, it is kind of their responsibility. And like if proofreading was specifically not included in the scope, then I guess that's like a risk that they've accepted. Mm. And it's on them to check it before they give it to us. Um, and then also on them, I guess, when it hands over for them to realise that there's mistakes and come back to us and say, like, <laughs> we've made a lot of errors. What would <laughs> it cost to fix them up kind of thing? I don't know. I think, no, I think I'll leave it. It's on the client. <laughs> <laughs> and if they, think like, if they don't pick up on it, then they obviously don't care enough or it's not like a priority for them to get it fixed if we hand it over and we know that there's errors and whether they accept it or they don't like that's on them I think I don't know yeah I think um it's like there's times when you don't know what you don't know mm -hmm. um and there's like, there's things that I'd be doing as a human being that I'm like, fuck, if that pisses people off, I'd like to know, like, because maybe I can adjust or maybe I can, or if I could buy, like, if I'm going down to buy Ben and Jerry's and it's like 15 bucks at this shop and it's eight at the other, like, yeah, let me know. And I'll make the decision if I want to drive a little bit further, you know, if you've got that little bit of information to make my life potentially easier. Yeah. So how I see that is, um it's not in scope which means that we don't action it however we have a responsibility to uh inform people that we notice these things and the way we do things is like we'd actually improve this in this way um it's not out of the scope but just keep it in mind it's, sorry it's not part of the current scope but keep it in mind as you review because maybe it's an improvement you want to make. Mm. So you can say, like, I know, so if we're handing over, say, a storyboard, we've received, no, not a storyboard, we've, we've received a storyboard that is proofread and 100% accurate, and we're just developing a module, for example. Mm. And as we're going through, we notice full stops missing or whatever, right, errors. Mm. It's not in scope for us to change those normally. Um, as part of the scope but when we send it back for a review we could say hey just a heads up that that this we have noticed that there are errors 
and that this like it's likely that you don't want to put it out to the world with these errors here are some options on how you could proceed number one we could as part of our thing do a scope variation and we could actually improve these grammatical errors and spelling errors for x amount of dollars or number two when we hand over the file um, at the end you'll need to jump in and make these changes or we recommend you jump in and make these changes before it goes live so I think we have a responsibility to let people know um, and then they and give them our recommendations based on our awareness of what they might be and then the choice is over to them on the next steps. Okay, so do we like because we have that in our review, like I thought that was covered where we say like check that the spelling and grammar is satisfactory. Mm. That's not enough for all clients in, like going into the future. At the end, you mean? Uh, like when we hand it over for review, so say we've like developed whatever they've given us. Yeah. When we hand it over for review, we do say like spelling and grammar is satisfactory. If it's part of the scope. So that's the important thing probably that people want to realize is, you know, have you scoped to proofread um, and check spelling and grammar? And it's a hard one because oh, different people use, um, grammar differently there's different ways punctuality on dot points and things like that you know and it can be in a client style guide and it may not be and it's there's lots of room for interpretation with something like this mm -hmm. so therefore you've got to make a decision on is this a responsibility I want to have or not and one way you can do that is say a, a lot of organizations will have a um, like a marketing and comms team and so when they go, we've got the subject matter content in here, subject matter expert content in here, you can say, oh, my recommendation is that you send it onto your comms and marketing team and they go through it and get make sure that it is aligned with how all of communications happen across your organization yeah. so that they are getting that quality thing happening. Maybe they don't have access to it. So you can offer it as a service and potentially you want to think about putting a buffer in there for that room for interpretation of, for example, I know a common one that is so inconsistent across clients is dot points. And is it a capital at the beginning of dot points, all dot points, or is it lowercase? Is it a full stop at the end of all dot points or not? And lots of clients have very different rules around that. And even within, even if it's in their style guide, when we send things for review, the, the, the stakeholder that we're working with will have their own personal opinion. And then we're saying, but your style guide says this and you're saying this and they go, well, I want it my way. So that's difficult as well. Like that's a scope thing. So yeah, I think you have to be very clear and think about this through your scoping, put it in your contract. So it's very clear on what your role is and what your role is not and what the client's role is and what the client's role is not so that there is no miscommunication around this. And then when you go to hand things over, you can say, hey, I noticed these things. I just want to bring them to your attention. These are potential next steps. Yeah, okay. Because I think it comes down to being a good human at the end of the day. Yeah, well, that's what I was feeling. I was like, I really 
Like I'm like, I feel like I would want to know if I was them. Yeah. And it like, you don't know what you don't know. So like they might not have looked at it from that perspective. So I think we have a responsibility to be helpful. Like you're feeling probably. Yeah. Okay. But not do I their job for too. them. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a good human as well. <laughs> it's too late. You are the devil. <laughs> Future projects now, because like we've been talking about, it's either you proof or you don't proof. Yeah. But I guess if you do, even though we're not proofing, if we do notice things like that, we can do the right thing and at least bring it up to the client. So it's probably something. Yeah. Improve. Cool. That's it for me. Cool. All right. Good chats. I liked it. For humans. That's what you are. That's why it is a good chat. Um, so, yeah, thank you for sharing. I'm sure lots of people found this valuable. And I learned a lot. It was nice because I get to, like, learn from you and also get new ideas and check some of our stuff mm. and how we can improve and yeah, it's really valuable. So appreciate the sharing. Thanks everyone for watching. If you want to support us, you can jump onto the Creator Hub and check out things that actually support you more than they support us. So there's heaps of resources and templates on there that we use when we're talking about like the email templates and stuff like that. Um, storyboard templates, the UAT user acceptance uh, form like those resources are on there that actually probably summarize a lot of the conversation that's happened today so you'll probably find those quite beneficial so get onto the creatorhub.elvistastudio.com and download those things thank you for your continued support in choosing to learn with us at Belvista studios we appreciate you and i just i'm feeling a lot of love for you too right now so just want to let you know you are amazing i'm very grateful to have you on the team What's up, awesome human? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of myself and the Bell Vista Studios team for continuously choosing to learn with us. We really appreciate it. If the tips and the insights and the context resonate with you and you want to take your skills to the next level or you want to make your life way easier, you will love our Creator Hub. The Creator Hub is a place for people like you and us, basically it's the stuff that we use internally at Bell Vista Studios and then we just share it publicly with you. The Creator Hub is created by instructional designers for instructional designers and what you'll love there at the moment is we've got a quiz, could I be a better instructional designer, that has so much tips in the feedback if you're interested in human-centered design or just taking your skills to the next level in terms of the solutions you're creating and the problems you'll want to solve. But in there as well, Aren't we cute? That's us. Um, but we've got the coaching courses, freebies, give us gratitude, and also we've got some templates. And basically they're always around the lens of learning experience design, instructional design, and e-learning. So a human-centered design focus is very much what we're about at Bell Vista Studio. So putting your learners at the heart of a solution and creating something for their needs. So there's the human-centered design stuff and then we've also got the business stuff. So this is the stuff they don't teach you about when you want to become a freelancer or a consultant in the instructional design world. So go check it out. The link is in the description. You can check out everything that is available for you. Thank you for choosing to learn with us. Continuously invest in your skills. You will be rewarded as an instructional designer, 
share this stuff, share it with other people because when we are better instructional designers, we create better solutions that create better humans that create a better world. So we have a very important role and I'm excited to be on this journey with you. Have an awesome day.